Hello and welcome to Tracks, episode number 82. I am Tim. And I am Harry. And welcome to our December season. Regular listeners will know what this all means. Trucks Show Awards. It's award time. We're going to give shiny big gold trophies to all of the people we've loved so much over this year for various different reasons. Uh, And this week, we're mixing it up a little bit. The big ones are still to come, do not worry. Unlike, you know, the likes of the independent enemy, those clowns, who have played their cards so early and told us what their album of the year are. We're holding that back. Nice one. Um, That's still to come. This week, we're talking about the less important, but also really good things. Lovely jumping. Is that fair to say? That is also very fair to say. Excellent. Um, It's a really enjoyable episode, and it starts just the other side of this little bit of music that you're going to hear with chaos can you sum up in two words or maybe three what people are about to hear out of your mouth Harry just a little bit of a story just, <laughs> just a fun little story that uh, if you if you don't fancy it if you if you're like what what no, are you doing you have just to hear a, it just a little skip <laughs> uh, and really um, there's no other way to go into this than um, about halfway through Tuesday which side did you have to wear your pants? <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. I had to flip them around quite a few times. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. You alright mate? Hello there. <laughs> You've gone farmer again this week. Wing farmer. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, where have you been this week? Down in the West Country. <laughs> in the West Country, getting trains. Uh, yeah, I, ha- I have actually, uh, last week. Um, that was cool. Where have you been? Have you? Yeah. The West uh, Country? No, I haven't been in the West Country. That's absolute bullshit. <laughs> I was, I was in the lying. West. I was in the West. Um, Wales. Wales. Yeah. So far west of England that you left England. Yes. <laughs> I was across <laughs> I the border. It is very much on the border, though, to be oh, fair. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, uh, where have you been? <laughs> Brighton. Okay. I've been here the whole time, I think. I don't know. Suddenly, there was a second where I thought maybe I left, but I don't I think I thought you did. were popping up north every now and then. I've been popping up to Coventry every now and then, but not, but this, not this week. week. Not enough. this week, no. Cool. Um, purely Brighton-based. Nice it's one. been a good one. Well done, mate. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm chomping at the bit, Tim. I know you're chomping at the bit because... You have had an interesting week. I know this. I've had a, a weird and, one. And I'm chopping at the bit too because I know kind of the the umbrella details of yeah. what's been going on. But you've said specifically, like, I'm going to hold this back so it can go on yeah. the podcast. So I, I'm... This is awful. I bet people are so excited now. Because <laughs> I've met Kanye West and we had a party. It's No, it's not. I'm not going there. I had a really weird Sunday night and <laughs> a very strange Monday uh yeah. basically uh what well, i not now i know that i think i had food poisoning and so on sunday night i woke up feeling very very odd and <laughs> the reason is because i basically had like a fever like an overnight fever that caused me to have some of the strangest dreams but bizarre that you didn't ever. know you had a fever that's what like confuses me well i i felt heavy i felt like i was like in like paper mache almost like <laughs> I have things like that sometimes 
like yeah like i felt like i was just covered with something and i just everything ate <laughs> and i and i've never had food poisoning before and i'm only assuming it was that because i'm yeah. not ill like days later and i'll get on to how i got rid of the illness later um <laughs> how i assume i did anyway but i wanted to bring forward my dream because i think yep. it is fucked up and i think it's quite funny maybe and it's just weird like i don't know if you like hearing people's dreams well, that was the that was the question I was going to pose to you. Was um, so you're in a social situation, yeah? Maybe a one-on-one social situation. That's what I'm going to say. And the person says to you, "I had the weirdest dream last night." Yeah, I probably it's don't like, give a I, shit. I, I immediately, I'm like, "Oh, did you?" Yeah. Do you know what dreams are weird? Like, yeah, they are, and they're usually a very <laughs> that's personal the point. thing, and it often doesn't matter. Yeah, and then they tell that like. As we have learnt through doing this podcast, like being a storyteller is quite a difficult thing. Like actually, really uh, getting the emphasis right and building it in the exciting yeah, places. Of so, like people will try and tell you their dreams, and in their head, it's like the maddest thing ever. But you listen to it, and it's like, oh. yeah, I can't wait to listen to this back and be like, <laughs> you dopey sod. Um, but I, I, you know, I do kind of want to just go through it because I just had a very strange night, mm. um, and then we'll lead on to later. But anyway, so. <laughs> I go to sleep. I'm feeling weird. I fall asleep at seven o'clock. I wake up at half eleven. I'm like, what? I'm feeling a bit dodgy, as you do after a like, kind of a daytime nap. Yeah. I end up falling asleep at two o'clock. Right. Next thing I know, I'm in a tunnel, and my good friend Matthew Dorrington, who I haven't seen for about seven years, <laughs> is driving me through Paris. And I say, this is a little bit like where Princess Diana died. And he said. <laughs> This is exactly why Princess Diana died. And I thought, oh, well, that's bloody mental, isn't it? Next thing I know, he's veering across three lanes. And I see all these things coming at you. And I don't know why I'm thinking all this stuff at the moment. But I, it does seem to be in my head quite a bit. <laughs> um, which is a bit worrying. Um, next thing I know, I'm thinking, oh my god, we're going to crash. I hear a smash. There, Everything goes dark. Lots of noise. And then a pop. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I've died. <laughs> and I don't know if you had kind of a death dream when you're dreaming. What you think it's real. And at the, at that time, I've had it once before where I thought I was stabbed and I was dying. And I was like, oh my god, this is what it's like to die. Holy shit. And I, you get very upset. It's very stressful. <laughs> you just see darkness. Everything goes blank. And you think, that's it. This is what it's like after death. It's just darkness. Um, I'd just be there like, yes. <laughs> you're a wrong one. I was terrified and then next thing I know I'm walking down these cartoon stairs as you do and uh, Johnny, Johnny Depp's in my lounge and I walk in and I say what are you doing and he's like did you just have a death dream and I'm like yeah he's like oh I'm like oh thank god for that it's just a dream anyway as, you, as a dream does next thing you know you're on you're getting off a bus and some old friends are coming to meet you and I'm saying, all right, and these are guys that I hate. And I don't know if you remember, but on a few podcasts ago, I said, these people that were old friends of mine that were dickheads, they're yes. not doing anything now. And I was quite happy Remember about it well. It. Well, I met up with them, and uh, they were all kind of pleased to see me. Uh, one of them had a baby with exactly his face, and I said, <laughs> he looks just like you. He's like, I know. Um, and I tell them about my dream. They're like, yeah, we've had them before. We walk over the road, and they hate me. They start saying, I am the worst person for leaving them behind and trying to move on with my life. They hate me, Tim. Um, so they <laughs> invite me to a duel. 
A jewel? A quiz jewel. A quiz What's that? I don't really know. <laughs> I walk into their house and I walk down these stairs and I'm in this huge room. Right. And on my left is a table of all the old friends and stuff. And on my right is a table of... Here's a, a list of some names I remember seeing. Um, the three X Factor judges. <laughs> uh, a couple of friends who are kind of blurry-faced. Then I look to my right behind me and Ricky Gervais and some random guy are just sitting there, like, quite calmly, <laughs> just smiling, like, ready. Like, when you see a pub quiz, they're just sitting yeah. at a table getting their pen ready and stuff. Throwing a shoe and, off uh, over a building. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's just, like, celebrities and stuff, and they're all on my side to get things sorted. I'm of like, course they are. Yeah. Thank Why you would they guys. not be? Um, anyway, uh, eventually the question comes around to me, and it's um, something like, which species discovered this planet? And I'm thinking, I don't have a clue. <laughs> and I think it's all on me as well. And if I don't get it right, then the friends hate me. I think right. that's it as well. That's that's the prize of the, the prize quiz. is that I can win back their allegiance by winning this what kind of quiz. scenario they've set up to it see is. if they can be friends with you. The reason why I kind of bring all this up is because I... When do you remember dreams? And I remember it so vividly. Yeah. I, there is more. I mean, I started inventing something <laughs> to do with time and space and sound. And I, I was inventing all of this stuff and I cannot remember what it was. But um, my alarms were going off in the morning. And I remember waking up and trying to figure out what my, what my invention was to try and turn my alarms off. Yeah. And I was in this crazy world between dream. Yeah. And I think I must have been up all night because I was falling asleep during the day and I very much felt very ill. Um, so dreams are weird, but fast forward to the next day. Tim? Um, <laughs> I've never known... I don't want to get quite so uh, picture picturesque about it. but I don't think picturesque is the word you mean at all. The opposite yeah, of picturesque. I mean, picturesque I, means it's a nice view okay, out I, over some rolling I, countryside. <laughs> rolling out of something. Um, basically, I, I I had to expel this uh, virus or whatever it was somehow. <laughs> These demons And it was either you. the mouth or arse. And my body chose the A-hole. Um... So I was in bed at five o'clock in the morning, running to the toilet. I'm <laughs> actual rusty water. Oh, that's quite enough. That Tim, is quite no, enough. It's never no, enough. there are people listening at home. They're in bed right now. Maybe they're in their lunch. Like things are happening at home. We can't be hearing about your rusty water running out of your ass. Tim, it was the most horrendous day I've ever had in my life. Having to get on the train and be like. <laughs> Because I chose to go to work on Tuesday, no, Monday, I think. And I was like, this is a very risky thing to do. Yeah. But I did, and I was okay. Well, but you've um, had a few sick days in recent weeks as well, yeah, so I like, you can't it. keep... No, I can't say keep that on. I can't come in because I've, you know, <laughs> I've got it. And uh, I guarantee the second you opened the door and they smelt you, they knew. They were like, I wish you'd stay I down. really don't think they would have smelled me. I bet they smelt you. Really? Yeah. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Guarantee they smelled you. No, because I was. It just radiates out of you at that stage. No, it doesn't. It does. It absolutely does. No. Yeah. 
you you were wafting around that office that day. Fuck off. Because <laughs> I do remember Anne saying, if your belly's bad, you can go. <laughs> and I was thinking, does that mean I smell? Yeah, 100%. What do you mean, yes? I mean, I wasn't uh, I cheating, mean, yes. Though. You were while you were there. Yeah. Yeah. But in the toilet. <laughs> still, it's still coming out with you. Well, this is awful news. I didn't know this. Yeah. I mean, everything's fine now, but um, I don't know. Still, it smells a bit in here too. Actually, yeah, I did did do that earlier. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I think it's better than train stuff. Um, yes, I'm certainly more <laughs> intriguing. Uh, <laughs> we're certainly taking a different turn. Yeah, um, from our usual fare. I'm gonna see if I can have another shit story next week. Yes. To keep up appearances. Nice. Yeah. Um, Tim, anything fun? <laughs> I've got absolutely nothing to match that whatsoever. No crazy hallucinating dreams. Was it a crazy dream to you? Yes. Of course it was a crazy dream to me. But I um, I definitely know that feeling of like when you're just really, really ill mm. and like... You can't. You literally can't really tell what's real and what's not. And mm. like, you sort of wake up and you're like, "Oh my!" Like, I remember once thinking my duvet was inflatable and like, like <laughs> thinking there was like a, yeah, like you know those things where you like pull a cord and it like blows up, and being sort of like, "Right, where is it?" Because I'm like, because like you said, you're so achy. And I thought, like, when I inflate this, it's going to be so comfortable. So you're sort of shuffling around the bed <laughs> looking for me. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, that was a dream. While it? I'm talking to my clock, <laughs> probably making up numbers and words. G1164. Hoping for it to turn off. <laughs> what fucking weirdos. Yeah. But it just happens. What's and like the pulley tug? <laughs> If you if you kind of knew what was going on in the moment, you could probably quite enjoy it just being like the drunkest you've ever been or something. Yeah. But at the time, you've got no... You're just so serious. It's like, <laughs> yeah. where am I? <laughs> I used to do the same when I was younger, but it, I don't know what it was from, but I would get up and I would look for toys that I dreamt about. Yeah. And I would often dream about like real life Spider-Man that I could control with my mind. Yeah, things like that. Or like things that really didn't exist. Or there being like I would dream about like there being some kind of like some kind of game in my bedroom. Yeah. That like I had to I couldn't go to sleep until I'd done it. So I'd be yeah. walking around like a zombie throwing this ball around. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But you're the only child, aren't you? At one stage. I'm not an only child, no. What are you talking about? Hang on, what was it? Didn't you? No, you were an only child in the fact that you like when you played football with yourself. And... Oh yeah, I was a lonely child, but not an only <laughs> child. <laughs> got two sisters, an older one and a younger one. No, I know which you do sis- know. I know you got siblings. I, uh, I I just meant in terms of like playing games. Yes, and stuff. yes, yeah, yes. As you called me earlier, a sad little man. <laughs> <laughs> that was out of context. Really. Um. Anyway. But yeah, my week has been nowhere near as eventful. Um, Count yourself lucky. Yeah, I, I do. I really, really do. Um, I'm quite colourful today. Maybe that's the most that exciting amazing. thing when ever. I, when I walked into the room and I'm like, Tim, you've got a grey <laughs> jumper on. I look down and I'm like, white shoes and blue jeans. <laughs> and they're, they're bluey black. I mean, they're dark. Yeah. They're very but dark. it's quite funny that your description of 
that is not very colourful. No. To people at home, they're thinking, he's not colourful. But for me, I'm a fucking rainbow today. Blue, grey and white. I mean, you've got a red, white and blue NYC kind oh, of... Uh, on my breast. On your breast. Uh, and it's that kind of felty thing, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I really like It's like touching school. it. It's like being at school and you get those little felt pads like a little out. rug. Yeah. A little rug. I mean, stop touching muffin. your nipples like that, but <laughs> yeah. Um, That'd be a very high nipple. It is. That's a peck, isn't it? Yeah. It's a pectoral. It's my pectorals. <laughs> Do you want me to make them dance? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're, you, I mean, you're the most colourful I've seen you. To be fair, you do often have black with black and black and then maybe some yellow shoes. Yes. So you're not too bad. What have I got on? Black, white, black. Yeah. I mean, terrible podcasting material, this. No, let's, uh, let's just look at each other and see what we've got on. <laughs> what am I wearing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, look out there. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, listeners, we're going to include you on some stuff. Uh, I think that pretty much brings our weeks to a close. Um, And normally we would move on to our musical highlights of the week. Yes. But this week, they are not happening. Different. Interesting. Cool. Unique. (laughs) Electrifying. But like... Without going into any detail whatsoever, is there something you would like to shout out for people if they want to go and search something as a little highlight? There sure is Tim. Timmy. <laughs> it was like you'd forgotten my name then. There sure there is, sure is um, Tim. Tim. So, um, something I just want to quickly shout out, and um, they really, really have caught my attention. And mm-hmm. I know uh, if you're kind of a music fan, they're probably somebody that you already know about. Uh, it's a band called Super Organism. Yep. Um, they... I was listening. I was playing FIFA the other day. No, I, I was listening to this band. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a FIFA song. We're now getting to the stage where I'm hearing songs on FIFA that I know from elsewhere. Exciting. So Rex Orange County is on FIFA. Yeah, I had no idea. Of course, I was, it is. I was, I was listening to FIFA stuff and I was like, what, What's Rex doing on there? Like, I thought I had my Spotify was on there or something. Um, but Super Organism are this like really cool like eight piece band. Mm-hmm. Seven of them, I believe, are from the UK. Right, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. We're doing quick here. Oh, are we? <laughs> I don't I'm know, joking, because you're talking really quick for some reason. Am I? Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Well, I'm trying to do it quickly. Um, <laughs> they are like a super group in terms of... Um, they're an eight-piece band. Um, seven of them living in the UK at the moment. One of them, a 17-year-old Japanese girl called Orono. Nice currently living or residing in America. Um, and Living in America. They kind of, yes. Oh, well done, cheeky. Okay. Um, they kind of all met on um, Tinder. music forums. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, oh, Tinder band would be nice. <laughs> that must be a thing. Like, that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely probably been band members found accidentally on Tinder. There's definitely been sweet, sweet music made. <laughs> anyway Back to the cheekiness um, So they've released three songs at the moment One you'll be familiar with It's Something for Your Mind Mind yep. Mind Actually we've talked Something We've been singing it together your... here Yep Not really knowing who they were But knowing that we yes. knew it from FIFA Yeah I definitely didn't know who the band were But I definitely know that song Yeah So that's cool At least now we've actually found that out Yep um, Then they had to take that down Because of like They didn't 
licensed one of the uh, samples from it or something uh-huh. or didn't clear it so then they released two songs Nobody Cares and It's All Good and they're all fucking brilliant think of the new they're kind of like the new um, Avalanches a little bit gorillazy with the whole super group thing they're really fucking great CSS yes that kind of thing CS yes CS yes cool so yeah that's that's me done um, anything you want to kind of shout out uh, yeah and I'm unlike you gonna actually pay attention to when I said let's be brief and just shout something out very quickly oh here we go let's, here we let's, go it's a highlight <laughs> section but Tim wants to bring forward seven highlights and talk no. about six of them and then I just want to say three one, songs I want to talk about one thing very quickly um, as we all know right now it's December so that means we're all getting in the festive spirit and I don't know about you do you have a well, I do know about you. I know who you are. <laughs> I've met you. Uh, do you have a favourite uh, Christmas song? Christmas song? Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you care to divulge it? <laughs> yes, I do, and I'm no, going to keep it to myself. Actually, it's a really difficult question. Uh, I'm, I'm a real fan of all of them. I, I don't really know specifics, but I love a good like Rat Pack kind of Christmas song. Like Okay, cool. Kind of those you like the swing... Ones. Type stuff. Yeah, I like that. Kind bit of, of boobla at Christmas. <laughs> bit of boobla at Christmas. I do like yeah. a boobla number. And uh you're drunk and that 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 one. Pokes. Pokes. Right? Well, that's where we're going. But first, okay. I'm going to say my favourite Christmas song is Elton John. Uh, Elton John step into Christmas. I know what you're going to do, um, Tim. Do you now? <laughs> well, good for you. Um, fucking fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guy, we've talked about loads and loads of times on the podcast before. Exactly, you just mouthed it to me, Harry. I just have to. But ha- you, ha- you have it. to know that I know it. Go on, do it. <laughs> it's Rustam. Yeah, but do the, you do the Rustam? There we go. Uh, yes. Don't Ru- get put on your red light. <laughs> your red hat. <laughs> um, because it's Christmas. Um, Rustam, formerly of Vampire Weekend, um, now a solo artist with a fantastic debut album. He, for a Spotify session, did a cover of the Pogues' Fairy Tale of New York with the female vocalist. I'm not really sure who it is, but she was brilliant. Yeah, and, I didn't say that. Um, it was just great, and it like totally got me in the festive spirit. Yeah, it's so, a very straight straight cover, isn't it? Yeah, 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 not too much variation at all, really. Like, the instrumental's ever so slightly different, but you still mm. get the keys at the beginning, like... Yeah. And it was the... Like, there's off. We've had the Christmas lights on in here in Brighton for like a few weeks, and often that is the kind of thing that uh, kicks me off into some kind of vaguely festive feeling. But I felt like they went up too early this year, so I didn't really like get me feeling festive. And when I listened to this, it was the first thing I'd heard where I was like, "Oh, Christmas is coming! Mm. Isn't that nice?" Yeah. And like, I felt like a little bit warm inside. Um, so. Yeah. If you guys at home aren't yet feeling festive, I suggest you go and listen to Rostam doing that cover, and it'll get you feeling all in the mood for the holiday season. Which officially really starts tomorrow. Well, tomorrow while we're recording, but by the time Sorry. people are listening to this, it started it starts ages like ago. five days ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the reason, listeners, that we've skirted through that uh, beginning part of the podcast as quickly as possible this week, although not that quickly, because as you know, we like to just talk. We like the sounds of our own voices. Why blah, else would blah, we blah, have blah, a podcast? Blah, 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 um, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> is that all you hear when you listen to, back to episodes of Tracks? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this song. <laughs> um, regular listeners will know, people who have stuck with us for the whole of the last year, um, 
will know that December can mean only one thing to us here at Tracks HQ, and mm-hmm. that is our annual Tracks Awards. Yeah, it's us uh, recognizing the things that have stood out to us over the calendar year 2017 um, as the best within their category. And we're not going to be like the Grammys who have a billion awards for essentially the same thing. But we have added some numbers this year. I believe last year we handed out five. Overall. Overall, five tracks awards. This year we're doing eight. Eight in total, which is a lot. Crazy. And we're going to try and get through six of them today. Yeah. Don't turn off, listeners. You've already seen how long this episode is. It's not nine hours. Don't worry. We're going to be quick, aren't we? Yeah. Assure them. We're going to try and be quick. (laughs) So next week, we've got Song of the Year coming. And then the following week, we've got Album of the Year coming. Does it not feel like we've done more than just one? One what? Of these Tracks Awards. Well, we have sort of, because we've done Tracks Awards after each Great Escape, too. Yeah. So technically, it's sort of the fourth. Tonight, it just seems weird that it's, it's only the second one. It feels like we did the, the other one yesterday. <laughs> what? Yeah, sort of. I, it does. Maybe. This year's gone so quickly, Tim. It has been a quick year. Uh, mm. We're getting older. Time is no longer our friend, but our enemy. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, so we're going to try and get through six today. Do you want me to run through them or should we just go? Uh, let's just go. They'll be in the list if you want to know right. them already. Go. Okay. Me. So first up, we are going to diversify, listeners, so this isn't all going to be completely music-based. First up is podcast of the year. Aside from us, obviously, because like it would be just unfair I feel on like people else. would be annoyed, and it would be in the papers. Like, tracks win their own award. And but clearly we are the, the Daily Mail's all over that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. So other podcasts of the year, maybe we'll call it that. Podcast of the year, excluding tracks show, because obviously <laughs> yeah. that's number one. Yes. I like it. I hope that's engraved on the trophy. Yeah, quite a long engraving. <laughs> okay, so... Right. Do you have uh, nominees for this one? I do. Um, so, two of mine are S-Town, which was released kind of mid-year this year. Feels a while ago now. Um, it might have even been earlier this year. So it's by the people who brought us This American Life chiefly, but also like cereal and all Cereal's those kind of things. Cereal the main thing they advertised it off, yeah. Yeah. It's all kind of leaks into one another. Yeah. So essentially investigative journalism, a little bit like cereal. And so before we get into the show, what were you expecting when you heard S-Time was coming out? Because it is, this is important, I guess, um, to talk about. Because everyone had their ideas. Well... It was kind of built up as a murder mystery. And it like, plays on that, certainly. Yeah. And without wanting to do, like, spoilers, that is what I went in expecting. And um, it kind of starts out a bit like a murder mystery. Like, there there are those kind of stories. There's something going on. So it, it's based on John B. Macklemore. And I can't yeah. do his voice at all. And there's a great episode of um, Adam Buxton's podcast with Louis He's a bit Fruit. like that, like... Why I do declare kind of accent he talks properly deep south and he yeah. he just loves his farm. <laughs> That's quite good. Um But like so he um it all starts from him writing into 
This American Life, I think, or a journalist at This American Life, um, talking about corruption and potential mysteries in the town that he's from. Shit town. Shit town. Um, <laughs> Alabama. And I don't know if it is Alabama. <laughs> it could be. Alabama. <laughs> Who am I? Um, and it kind of goes off on this amazing story. It just kind of it's one of those brilliant podcasts where it spirals. Yeah. Yeah. The the journalist just gets in mm. and goes. Yeah. Um, and we don't need to do spoilers. But no, we don't. I'd love to do a whole. You know. Thirty yeah. seconds. Let's go from spoilers, but we don't need to. Um, it's definitely not one of my number one. My second uh, is Reply All. It's one of my favourite podcasts ever. I always get excited when I see they have an episode out. And they've um, there's a few times this year when they've like really hooked me in with some really good episodes. So quickly, one of them was um, a scammer uh, makes the bat a bad decision and ends up uh, calling one of the guys who is on uh, PJ Vote, I think it was, or Alex Goldman, sorry, who is one of the presenters of Reply All, and then they go through this whole story where they end up getting on a plane and going to meet one of the scammers that, yep. that actually calls him. But the one we're talking about was a one-off, and it was, yeah, like you say, the people were getting these weird phone calls, and I remember walking home from work, yeah. and just listening to them was making the hairs on the back of my neck <laughs> yeah. stand up. And yeah, do you remember where you were when you heard it? Were you on your own? Or? Uh, I was at work. So. I'm getting a bit scared now. Yeah, like. but it was brilliant. And what they like, they're not going to be my vote for podcast of the year. Although no, I, I do love them too. What they're great at is like a lot of the, the stuff that we generally listen to and like really get excited about is like long form, um, storytelling. So it goes over yeah. a series. Whereas they will do like one thirty minute episode and mm. it's just crafted perfectly and it's like it takes you through all the. Yeah. places so definitely definitely a great shout yeah and one of the sorry another quick one one of the best ones they did was um they went on an adventure out into the world and they recorded it and yeah it's amazing how they can make that it seems like good um and as presenters they're really cool as well but yeah those are my I two that point. Uh, if they I would if funny. they would stop laughing then you don't like their laughs but they've got the worst laughs of all time but some people say I do. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. Honestly. Okay, uh, let's move on before we... Because we're going to get them on yeah. soon. Um, Tim, your two suggestions for this? Uh, so first up is Mogul, which we've talked about on this podcast before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it's another Gimlet one. Yeah. Um, it follows the story of Chris Lighty, who was um, kind of really uh, important and influential uh, character within... I suppose the early days of hip hop, really New yeah. York scene through the eighties and nineties, um, you know, connected to absolutely every big hip hop artist you can possibly imagine from that period. He's got a connection to, and was kind of universally loved. And, uh, basically the series starts by saying on whatever the date was, Chris Lighty committed suicide. And then it goes back, tells you his whole story, and also traces the story of hip-hop through his story. Um, and tries to basically come to a conclusion of whether he did or didn't commit suicide, or if there's kind of um, questionable mm. uh, intents within that. And it goes off into all these amazing places. And as a music fan, there's so much to love about the musical story there. And as a podcast fan, the storytelling is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, it was a favourite of mine. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, 
And like Reggio say, the presenter, he was kind of around in the same period too. So he had so much authenticity yeah, to it. Yeah, personal um, story for him, yeah. Yeah, and there's loads of, um, you know, you get like Russell Simmons and Fat Joe and like loads of, like, again, artists uh, contributing and talking about his sto- about Chris Lyle's story. It's an amazing thing and like really worth seeking out. So that's my first nomination. And my second is Dissect. Which, hmm. um, I know we've not talked about it at all. No, we haven't yet. And I've recommend this recommended this to a few people, and it's been a little bit divisive because for some people it goes into too much detail. Yeah, it is essentially a um, what they do is, as the title suggests, dissect an album track by track to like an incredible degree of detail and like pick apart all the meaning and all it's the songs. It's a fine tooth comb kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. It? So there's been two series. The first series was Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly and it goes through every single track of that and it's amazing. And the second series, which is the one that came out this year, so for me, uh, is what is getting a nomination. And obviously it comes from a place of uh, deep intrigue anyway. Yeah. But this is uh, picking apart... Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and this is an album I thought I knew inside out like I knew absolutely everything I've read so much about it I've listened to it a thousand times I can literally uh, recite pretty much every single line on the album like it's it may be my favourite album ever if if not the exact number one then very 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 close Mm. um and I learned so much about it from this podcast. Like, it's really, really brilliant. Um, it's very in-depth. And as somebody who is a fan of Kanye West, obviously, yeah. and who maybe doesn't know the album as well as you, still understands and respects the album, but doesn't know it yeah. like you do, it is really, really good to get into this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you, you, you... I mean, I had times where I've been obsessed with Kanye, more and more obsessed with him, yeah. just listening through this and kind of learning bits about him. Yeah. There, There is kind of a roundup-y kind of thing at the beginning where it goes yeah. through his other albums or his, his first few albums and a little bit of personal stuff as well. So yeah. there's a lot in there and it, it's, this is a really, really great podcast. It's brilliant. And like for me, uh, well, I was, it, it probably did actually. Like I've, I, thought, I thought Kanye was one of the greats, but like uh, when you when you realise how many layers there are to this album, mm. it propels him to just, like, absolute genius, God level. And, like... Did you hear what Nagalaga said recently? No, a little, He's done a little thing for... It might be Vice or someone. And they they do a thing and say over or under. So over yeah. underrated. Over, overrated or underrated. Okay. Says Kanye West, he says, underrated, actually. He says, don't really like his music, but I fucking love Kanye West. He's yeah. like, I completely get him. And I'm like... Yeah. Oh yeah, of course you would. Like, yeah. you are kind of. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So that they're my two nominations. So we need to pick a winner. Do we just say who we think's won? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do that? Um, well, okay. So first question: Is there one of my nominations that you could have as your winner? Yes. Okay, that's a shame because there's one of yours that I could have as my winner. Yes. Okay. So I think we can agree that we've got a final two here. Yeah. It's, and I think we can agree on it. It's S Town and Mogul, right? S Town and Mogul, yeah. And <laughs> I think S Town wins this one. I agree, and the reason I'm going to go for that is purely because, um, like, 
I've listened to some amazing, amazing podcasts, but I have literally never had a moment as jaw-dropping yeah. as, I think it's maybe the end of episode four, episode three, three something think, like yeah. that, where like I was stopped in my tracks and I could not believe what I had just heard. And I like had to rewind it to make sure I just heard it. And and it's the defi. I mean, I don't want to say too much, like obviously, yeah. but and I, and I won't. But it's a defining thing that a lot of people you'll know will listen, or they'll stop listening to this podcast, or they'll carry on yeah. because they lead you in thinking one thing, and if it's not what you want, or if it isn't, yeah. then that can maybe decide yeah. things. And I think they just do it so well. That it's that's that's probably the the best ten minutes of podcasting I've ever heard. So for that reason, S-Town has to be our podcast of the year. Nice one. The summer is here at last. The sky is overcast. And no one brings a rose for Emily. She watches her flowers grow. While lovers come and go to give each other roses from her tree. that one took ages we're gonna do a really really quick one here i want i want a lightning award from you harry uh this is best twitter personality because um as will become abundantly clear later in the episode there's things that you spend a lot of time doing that we're awarding and i know nothing about so we had to throw one in that i know something about and you know nothing about (laughs) best twitter personality Go. Right, well, my number one is Liam Gallagher. He's great on Twitter. Uh, lots of funny lines. Well done, him. Yeah. Uh, two is this, I think it's a new comedian or a clown. I'm not really sure, but his name is uh, Donald Trump. And he seems to have lots of funny things on Twitter. <laughs> um, I don't know much about him, but, you know, there's a lot of stupidity and stuff. So I'm guessing he's a bit of a character. Um, but, no? Um, Outrageous. You're two? <laughs> <laughs> Can I leave? I mean, you've just nominated Donald Trump for an award. I thought he was a comedian. No, Harry. Who is no. he? Don't. But why is his Twitter so awful and funny? Don't do this. Okay, so my two nominations. Number one is uh, everyone's favourite mad old drummer. It's Ringo Starr. Lovely. Have you seen Ringo Starr's Twitter? I've heard. It it's... is the most emoji-filled thing in the entire world. Is it? Essentially... Is it lots of peace signs? Lots of peace signs, lots of hearts, lots of stars, lots of... It's everything you would want Ringo Starr's Twitter to be. And he's quite um, erratic in his updates, but it will always end with peace and love and a billion emojis. And it's just great. 
every time I see one of his tweets, it makes me happy. And my next nomination has got to be Cher, because Cher is the queen of Twitter. She's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I think you've retweeted a few um, things. She's, like, quite political, quite, like, argumentative. And I don't really know what Cher does with her time at this stage. She does all vocal parts (laughs) to every (laughs) song. (laughs) But she's so good. Like, um, so not only is she absolutely hilarious and self-deprecating, and uh, she does a lot of, like, replying to other people's uh, tweets about her with, like, hilarious little zingers. But also she's quite, like, outwardly political. Like, one of my favourite tweets of hers this year was when someone asked her what she thought of Boris Johnson. Um, so she she said I think he's a fucking idiot who lied to the British people and didn't have a and then for some reason a soccer ball a rugby ball and a magic eight ball to lead them once they voted leave any more questions and then about 15 laughing so she meant didn't have the balls yes but like for some reason I don't know why they're the ones she went for yeah three of them didn't have three balls (laughs) and then about 15 crying emojis she's brilliant like go and check her out like another one, oh my god, the like exclamation mark emoji, then the crying emoji, then the exclamation mark emoji. Study says people who use emojis a lot are having more sex, about 10 crying emojis and then a tongue out, and are younger, a million crying emojis. Just saying, a million more crying emojis. Like she's just, she's just bizarre, really. Yeah. Go check her out. She is my Twitter hero over the year. And I think for that Considering, reason... Considering, yeah, I'm, I know nothing about Twitter. <laughs> We're going to move on from this particular category and give it to Cher, which your mum will be delighted about. Yeah, absolutely. Cher, I'm Tracks Award winner. Well done, Cher. <laughs> what a resurgence from an unlikely favourite in Cher. Well, I'll tell you what, that was an absolute banger, an unexpected uh, treat for this night. Yeah. Well I love that. Me too. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't done that before. No. No. And also listen to Cher. Yeah. So next up is, uh, it's a comeback, and a category we had last year, a best Wee. album artwork. Best album artwork. Interesting. I can't remember what won last year. Ooh. Was it Centre Gold? Or what were the kind of cellophane thing? Yeah. Or was it Kate Kate Tun? Kate, Kate Tempest Tunstall. might have won Kate too. Tempest, with... maybe. Yeah. We'll go back and listen one day. <laughs> <can't> we? <laughs> well, anyway, taking the trophy from one of those two <laughs> could be Harry. Your nominations. Right. So my number one. Oh, sorry, not my number one. Number one of two is uh, Logic. With an album called Everybody that came out this year, 
I don't know anything about this artist, but um, <laughs> I know he's like a kind of a rapper. He's in the hip hop scene. Uh, oh, the hip hop scene. The hip hop scene, <laughs> granddad. <laughs> the music. Um, and his his album his album cover actually kind of reminded me of one that you've got, in that it's quite a religious looking thing, and there's yeah. a lot on there. It's one of them ones that a kid would like, where they'd look at it and they'd try to pick apart. All the different things. Yes. It reminds me of like the power video to go back to Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, I go with that. Um, I think it's ni- a nice little cover. And one that I didn't add in there um, was, funnily enough, um, Lord's, Lord's uh, album cover as well, which it's like an oil I've painting. slowly started to quite enjoy it. Yeah, it looks like something that could be in the Louvre. <laughs> the lured in the live, <laughs> um, which is quite nice. But um, my my other pick, which is kind of my main one, Tim, is um, Tyler Greater's Flower Boy. And um, looking through, I mean, I'd actually almost forgotten about this, Tim. And um, <laughs> stop calling me by my name; it's so disconcerting. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Timothy, um, no, I'd, I'd almost forgotten about this, but I remember kind of when I was going through this, that it's something that I'd mentioned, you know, back in the day when we were talking about yeah. it, when it first came out, we were like, well, we love this album cover and it's certainly going to be up for grabs um, when this kind of competition comes around. And it's true. It is one of my favourite albums. Um, the the record is about to be delivered, um, possibly this month, so that's cool. Um and it's a really nice cover, and I've loved it when it came out, and I loved it. I still love it. I think it's just vivid, and it, it captures the, the album itself. It's not just kind of artwork for the sake of it. Um, it's really nice. Um, so that's kind of my, my two picks, slash a little bit of three. But Nice. Well, I've kind of got three, too, okay. so that's fine. Um, my first pick is obviously one of the... Obviously. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying obviously already. Um it's one of the biggest British albums of the year. It's Stormzy, Gang Signs and Prayer. And I think... Is it a little bit Last Supper? Is that what it's Yeah, going? well, that's what it's essentially recreating. You've mm. got Stormzy right in the middle of a long table with a lot of uh, kind of balaclavered men. It's all black, black table settings, black background, black cutlery, black plates, uh, but very much uh, reminiscent of the Last Supper. Um it's one of those images that I think, um, a bit like Sergeant Peppers or something, it's just gonna, it's gonna kind of last the generations um, and be kind of really iconic. And obviously, with um, a certain scene, not just the album as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, at the Mercury Prize when Stormzy performed, he his live set was a sort of recreation of that album cover, and mm-hmm. it it was just sick, like so good. And, um, you know, for an album that I think we've both loved but haven't given anywhere near enough love on the podcast this year, I think it's very important that Stormzy uh, gets a shout-out at this stage. Yeah. Uh, So that's my nomination number one. And number two, um, I suppose an equally uh, kind of culturally significant album from the other side of the pond. I'm going to go for Migos with culture which came out way back in january to yeah, the point you where you almost forget that came out this year don't yeah you? like i literally when i was um i can't remember who's end of the year because obviously a lot of end of the year album lists have come out now 
um, I saw Migos on someone's, and yeah. I was like, "That's wrong." That was well, Bad and Bougie ago. came out in 2016. So yes, that is where the kind of confusion comes from, I think. But still, I mean, it was—I think it was the 17th of January the album came out, so yeah, it's to all intents and purposes a year ago, but very much still 2017. Uh, but the artwork I absolutely love. So you've got yeah. this kind of little collage in the middle of a black background, um, and what I love is the kind of contrast between the imagery. So you've got a lot of um, white roses in there, but then with kind of fire coming out of the background, and then you've got like a bit of a Ferrari. Um, the middle of the White House, like a road sign to Atlanta. You've got each member of Migos in there too. It just, it's one of those things that it just catches your eye immediately. A bit like a looks, movie poster kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It just looks sick. And again, I think it's something that's going to, it's going to sort of, um, I think Migos have maybe been a bit underappreciated over here, really. Um, and it's only, I guess... In yeah, exactly. But I think it's in the people who uh, take influence from them and essentially rip them off is possibly where you're going to see the cultural significance of what they put out in the first yeah. place. Um, it's already starting to happen less than a year later. You're hearing it everywhere. Um, that Migos sound, they were the ones who brought it first, and that's an important thing. But obviously, that doesn't... Um, kind of play into their album artwork necessarily winning this. And my last one, just because I think it's cool and funny, um, is, and it's just so different to the other two choices, is St. Etienne's uh, Home Counties, which, again, it's a, it's a much more lo-fi indie album than I think any of the other picks we've brought. But um, what I love about it is it's, it's very tongue-in-cheek, um, so you've essentially got like a picture of a British, um, really, really suburban house, which looks like it's taken on like a nineties, uh, film camera. Mm-hmm. And then it's got a load of stickers on the front. So the first sticker says like St. Etienne home counties. And then it says, this is a St. Etienne record on black vinyl two LP set. Records are your best entertainment value. 16 songs about Southern England, largely recorded in Berkshire and Kent, manufactured in East Germany, skilled musician over 25 years experience. And I can see from your face that you've never seen this album cover before, so I'm going to show it to you right now. This is the cover I'm looking at. No, I haven't seen that, actually. I just think it's quite cool and, like, totally different and fun. And, um, you know, we've everything else we talked about is really high gloss and really kind of... Um, you know, you feel like there's a marketing team behind it cheap and all these other things. Right, it? It's cheap as chips, but also in like a really brilliant way. Yeah. There's something absolutely lovable about it. Lovable. La 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 So they're my three picks. Okay. So that's five nominations we've got here. Interesting. Now this is the interesting bit, isn't it? <laughs> okay. I, I mean, okay, let's say, do you think there's anything in mind that you think worthy of, a, of being number one? Yes. Okay, I think there's something in yours that's worthy of number one. And I I think you're going to pick Tyler the Creator. I'm not, actually. Okay. I would pick Stormzy. I would give it to Stormzy. I would give Stormzy as well. Okay. I so, think the the cultural significance and stuff comes in uh, a lot. I mean, yes, Tyler's I love, and I think it's very... It speaks about the album a lot, and it's, it's aesthetically pleasing. But I yeah. think... 
that is just well designed artwork. Yeah. Whereas Stormzy's goes a bit of a step ahead. Yeah. I agree. Are you kind of glad that I haven't tried to fight you on this? I am glad, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So Stormzy is a Tracks Award winner for the first time. And as we... Um, Plus Stormzy ain't getting in my top 10 <laughs> this year. <laughs> and as we uh, were using this phrase earlier... Yeah. Uh, I'm, we're going to play Big For Your Boots, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're getting way too big for your boots. You're never too big for the boot. I got the big size toes in my feet. Your face ain't big for my boots. Kick up the you. Man, know that I kick up the you. Then why they try to suck the truth? How dare you to suck the truth? Look, you're getting way too big for your boots. You're never too big for the boot. I got the big size toes in my feet. Your face ain't big for my boots. Kick up the you. Man, know that I kick up the you. Then why they try to suck the truth? How dare you to suck the truth? When I come round there like a bad boy, do it. Run all the talking, go on and do it. Running through the party, bottle of Bacardi, bowls in my ears, saying spoon, don't do it. Devil on my shoulder, I don't lack. Hitting with a crowbar, I don't scrap. Even when I'm sober, I'm so gassy, right? But there's no car and no match. What are you talking about? Clown, stand down. Never had a Mac 10 or a Trey Pound. You were never bad then, you ain't bad now. Never had a Mac then, little nigga, back down. Wait, I saw bear kicks, saw bear clothes. Said fuck that, I can't wear those. I don't like them, they're not my thing. They went silent, they're all weirdos. Like, yeah, spoon's gone clear. Never had a Tom Ford or a Montclair. Man, them a calm you see my don't dare Fuck Chris, tell them don't do it, don't dare Don't care who you know from my block You're not Al Capone, you get blocks They can take my car and my crepes I'll still do the road in my socks Like who's gonna stop me? So next up is TV show of the year By which obviously we mean in a broader context Because no one really watches live TV anymore It can be a Netflix thing It can be a offline thing Something in a TV format Just something that's <clears throat> not a film but is a little film <laughs> There you go, fine. So do you have your nominations, Harry? Because, I mean, as regular listeners will know, people who are familiar with me will know, this might be a little bit of a moment that I tap out. Because, like, I've got two nominations. The rest of the episode is... <laughs> yeah, until the last category. Then I'm back with a bang. But, okay. um, yeah, I don't really watch TV, so... That's fine. I mean... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with my two and you can give your two and then okay. I'll choose who wins. So my number one is a series that had just come out called Mindhunter. It is only young; it's a, a month or so old. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all based on kind of true stories. There are it's an FBI agent who decides that there must be a link in the way that people are murdering others in terms of um, their psychological state. Oh, okay. So no, I know about... I mean, I don't know about it from this TV show, but I know about the like sort of late 50s, yeah. what the FBI decided to profile all... Starting pro... Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what it's based on. Oh, okay, cool. And it's really bloody good. And uh, so far, there's... Um, I've just finished the first series. Well, that's all you can do at this stage. Um, and the... They bring in this guy called Ed. I think it's Ed. Um, (laughs) And he is based on a real guy who was a murderer who did some terrible, terrible things. I don't even want to mention them. If you want to know, go and murdered people. I mean, murdered, but went worse than murdered. Yeah. Um, If you've seen it, you know. And the the just the guy gets him spot on. There's if you go to YouTube, you can go and watch kind of. the real one and the actor kind of side by side and yeah. he, he's really researched the role and he's he's 
fantastic. And the series just gets better. I was getting a little bit annoyed at the main character. He was a bit annoying as a as as a as a character really. Mm. But it's one of them ones where you're kind of meant to find them annoying or you're meant to feel the way you do. So you just kind of proceed with it and I ended up getting to the end and I I absolutely loved it. And I had this one of the ones as well you have to kind of compulsive view. Yeah, exactly. It's a binger. Uh, certainly interesting that you know about the whole 50s thing because i was struggling with the era okay and um not because it doesn't do it well or anything but no, i just I, don't I know eras and i'm things. trying to remember what it might have even been called mind Hunt. i read a book not that long ago yeah about, possibly about um it, it's so there was there was at the time kind of three what they thought were serial killers uh all operating in uh, america and they kind of they couldn't. They couldn't get the clues together. Essentially, and then they thought, you know what? We've got a real huge backlog of all these murders, so we're going to try and um, who we've convicted people for. So we're going to try and work out what their key characteristics were, and they kind of started profiling. Very similar, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's it's near enough that I don't know if I remember as such that there's a specific three that they're trying to get. But, no, um, I think it was just like that was the trigger. Where yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah, we've yeah. got all this information and we now need to do better. With and it, it is, yeah, exactly. And it's great to see how much of a struggle it was to get the FBI and that to just let them do their work to try yeah. and actually start profiling these people because they thought it was all just, they were like, oh, people are just shit, people are just evil. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's more to it. Like, they're like that for a reason. Yeah. And I think it's really, really good. And um, definitely go and watch it. It's on Netflix. That sounds cool. I like um, the sound of that. Yeah, my I mean, seconds. It, but... yeah, no, it's a really shame. It's a shame. This second <laughs> one, the second one, I think you really should watch. Um, it is written uh, by Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney. Uh, Sharon Horgan is an Irish comedian. I vaguely know those names. And Rob Delaney is an American man. And they have created probably one of my favourite and you know one of the best British. Oh, they're sitcoms. on WTF. Were they? Yeah, I think so. Oh, amazing. I yeah. need to go and listen to that. Um, probably one of the best uh, UK TV programmes I've seen in recent memory. It's up there. It could, you know, give it another... He's really six. big, isn't he? Very big. Yeah. 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 Give it a, quite a few more se- series. And, uh, you know, this stuff's up there with Peep Show. Certainly. Yeah. Um, it's based on a man and woman who meet. And he's, he's an American man. He comes to the UK. They have... Um, sex a lot they end up having a child and he moves over and it's about their whole relationship and it's brutally honest you know they, they just kind of try to be parents and they don't know each other yet and you know this is the first series and the, the third series has come out this year and it's fantastic as, as ever there's laugh out loud moments there's honest moments there's there's kind of emotional bits it's absolutely amazing writing see this sounds like something i actually would watch yeah it's like, very much kind of it's in it's you know it's not girls but it, yeah. it follows that kind of because like thing. i mean if, i mean it's absolutely not getting a nomination but as we know i don't really watch tv shows but when i was looking through the things that i actually have watched this year love. on netflix yeah i watched the second series of love which is just the worst program ever but do you know your brother watched it as well really? and he thinks it's shit as well but watchable. we all just watch it. We all watch it. We all kind of hate it. <laughs> yeah. But we'll watch the third but series. But he, he said the same thing as well, where it was like, that's not a real person that exists. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just, everyone thinks and the same thing. And it sounds like, because we're not saying, I mean, let's talk about love because it did come out this year, the second series. But we're not saying, hey, weird, 
glasses guys with big noses can't get the pretty girl. We're not saying that. We're saying that his character didn't make He's sense. He's just such a confused piece he of writing. He was the most confident yet introverted oddball who yeah. was also really good with the ladies, but also very bad with the ladies, but also yeah. good with people, but also it was bad with people. Yeah. He didn't make sense. And then he just comes home and jams and yeah. makes his weird little songs. Makes, and, that. and everyone's <laughs> like, kind of weird, but everyone thinks it's cool. And like, yeah. it's just a weird show. And like, and, yeah, it doesn't make any... Because like, and again, that guy who's like the nerdy guy who... um Oh, he's kind of cool and like he's got a nice job and like a nice house and like that that person exists that's fine maybe we're those people but then like bit, yeah. the crazy tear away woman they're not drawn to each other like yeah. that couple makes no sense it does they're really fighting to make it make sense aren't yeah. they uh, yeah that's, a stupid program that's not but like that's one of the only but things we will I've watch watched series three in. I don't... You no, will. I will, of course Because will. you said you weren't going to watch Series 2, and you did. <laughs> I said I wouldn't watch Series 1. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's going to keep going on. Why is that the only thing I watch, though? What's <laughs> wrong with that? you're an idiot. Because I just want some love. <laughs> you see something called love, you know? Um, Those are my two, Tim. Cool. Um, I think they're strong. Okay. So my first nomination is uh, The Keepers, which... Um, is I suppose this year's Making a Murderer, yeah. but not quite as good. But I still really enjoyed it. It's... Didn't catch the buzz, no. But no, but it, it follows again like a murder mystery. It's a Netflix original. Um, Sister Kathy was like a teacher at a school, and I, I always, I always found one of the things I found most confusing about it was like, um, so the people who are investigating her murder and trying to find out what happened are like her former students and they're all like in their 60s and 70s yeah, and I just kind of thought is like the two women? Yeah. Oh I have seen this yeah. And I just kind of thought like <clears throat> I mean in the nicest way possible I'm a nice person but if one of my teachers got murdered when I was at school will I still be 70 and like <laughs> desperate to find out what happened? <laughs> just be like no. oh that was a shame. <laughs> yeah we'll move on now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a sleepy um, little American town sometimes you think like yeah. maybe they just yeah you nothing better to do. <laughs> but, like, it, it's a really good show anyway, and, like, it goes down all of those kind of classic... I, I, it's well done, isn't it? Yeah, and, like, I do a little bit feel like some of these things have become formulaic. And, um, <gasps> well, yeah, I was just going to say, so American um, Graffiti or whatever it's called. I was American Vandal. American I, I Vandal. Was, I don't know why this is... This, I want to put this in as my because I, I got bored of it. Did it's, you? Yeah, I did. Like, no, I um, it was great because I, I was thinking about the exact same thing because I was talking about it being formulaic and following a certain system. This was another Netflix original, which was a spoof uh, investigative comedy, which everyone, th- everyone who hadn't listened to Serial thought was um, taking the piss out of making a murderer, but it wasn't. It was an absolute serial. Um, if you get remake. to the bit with the driving and yeah, like exactly. timing the um, and like the phone call bits and stuff, yeah. absolutely serial. Yeah. Barely uh, making a murderer. I yeah. mean, obviously a little bits, but it was almost like ninety nine percent serial. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. I, I for about four episodes found it really funny, and then I just felt like the joke had run a little bit dry. Not the penis joke. No, just the whole I, the whole mo- got, the whole mockumentary thing. <clears throat> I, my my thing about this is that it was done so well that it for me there was yeah. a point where I didn't find it funny anymore. 
I wanted to know who yeah. the fuck did it. I mean, I think that's that was the point that I I checked out where a I serious thing. That was the point where I checked out where I thought it's made up. I don't care who did it. That was really? when I thought. Oh no, yeah. I I fully I stayed on board, and I'm glad I did because I think yeah. it managed to actually become quite an emotional yeah. thing at the end, and it, they did a really good okay. job. Okay, they might have gone further than I saw. It did, and it um, got really clever as well. You know, yeah. but you're you're more than welcome to nominate that if you like. Um, my third nomination, yeah. Okay, and my second nomination is like there, <laughs> and it's the stupid, it's the stupidest one that any of us are going to put in here. But I'm going to put it anyway because, uh, as you know, it takes a lot to make me switch on a telly, mm. and it takes even more to make me like tune in every week. But I will genuinely make sure I've watched every single week's episode of. First dates. I just bloody love first dates, man. That is my jam. It's a little UK phenomenon. That is my it? absolute jam. I love Fred. I love Merlin. I love all the waitresses and waiters. Like I love the little chat they have like before the person turns up. I love it when it's like when you see it going really well and you're like beforehand you're guessing whether they're gonna get on or not. I love it when you're watching them and you're like, Oh, is this going well? Is this not? You can't quite tell for a bit. I bloody love it. That it just it just does it for me that program. It's amazing because um, yeah, it, it does it for me too. And I know it, so many people that don't kind of watch TV and that just a little bit like you, yeah. who will watch that. And a lot of people that watch very highbrow stuff and they won't watch TV in the it's general so, sense. They'll watch first dates. Yeah, because it's so universal. You know that spark of meeting someone yeah, for the first time. It's like we've all been there. We've all felt it. And like the the excitement of when it goes well is like amazing. The kind of dread of when you're watching it's like, oh my god, car crash TV. Stop saying those words, those things you're saying. Just like don't let them come out of your mouth anymore. Yeah. My one criticism of it would be like at the end when they give the little like what happened afterwards. I want to know if they banged. That I like. I need to know. Well, I need when they go off in a taxi and they're like, let's go and no. Get but a then drink. at the very end of the show, it's like what happened. Like two weeks later, it's like they always say like. He's in a text or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I I need facts. Yeah, well, I if need... it says they are still together, then yeah. you, you know they. Yeah, but very it. rarely you get that. Normally, it's like they went out for two more drinks, and so and so is still single. It's like yeah, but what happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a little bit. Maybe we could find a try and make a yeah. follow up show or something. Yeah. And interestingly, this year I went to that restaurant as well, which was uh, that was yeah. it. The, the but not on a first date. We should say first proper date. Oh, Potnoster chop. But house. you knew the person. I did know the first date. I mean, yes, it wasn't a first date. I'm not going to be in the yeah. first dates. Um, I applied for first dates. I know you did. I you think it, you joked that you were going to do it for me once, and then uh, <laughs> you sent me like a Snapchat of like the fact that you had like signing yeah. up, and then actually the email of you saying thanks, them them saying like thanks. Outrageous. Never got a call. Really? Well, no. they don't just call you straight away. They were like, no, but other other people who I applied with at the same time did get a call. Who? females really no i think it's oversubscribed with males which doesn't surprise me let's be honest that's interesting because i also know two other males who've applied and none of us have got calls so they got a call to say what do you want to be on it uh our friend georgie she uh got the call to say would you like to go on the first dates hotel so the one where you go abroad and have like a little holiday as well i've not seen that oh same thing essentially but it's in france uh, and they what all she like, said? 
it was unfortunately when she was having a medical procedure at the same time, so she couldn't go. Okay. But they said, we will uh, keep you on the record for the next series. So maybe a friend of Trax will we'll be on. Ben and Georgie. <laughs> and like, within a few years of each other. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, Tim, you kind of put me in a, in a strange little place. Um, because you have not seen anything that I have seen. And I have seen one of your nominations. But I will bow to your superior knowledge at this stage. It's really difficult. I mean, I want to go for first dates. I mean, my heart... Let's say, you know, our little... Our runner-up that is very close is first dates. Runner-up. Because it's, it's a lovely little yeah. thing. And it really is a UK thing that I, I hope doesn't get go to, let's say, other countries and get taken and changed Well, there is an American something. first dates and it's shit. Of course it is. Have you seen the American in between? It's <laughs> Have you seen Americans? <laughs> we have American listeners, too. <laughs> Tim, uh, sorry guys, we love you. We really do. I, I every day I'm like, Tim, look, look at that state. We've got a new yeah. state. Anyway, um, I'm gonna go with catastrophe. I think it's absolutely genius. Um, Montana's is great, but catastrophe is. I want. I'm gonna stay UK as well. Um, cool. I love it too. So. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> <laughs> So next up, listeners, uh, as if my eyes hadn't completely glazed over at this stage, we're going for best movie, best film of the year. Sick. Are you ready? I'm ready for this. Are you going, are you nominating first again? Of course. Okay. <laughs> of course I am. Of course. Well, I've nominated every other one. First. Go, Go on then. So I actually had four for this. I'm not going to kind of nominate all of them. Um, Get Out is Grammy nominated. So I'm not going to do Get Out. But it is an absolutely sublime film that, you know, although tracks show, uh, you know, arguably are the biggest awards of the year. Yeah. You know, the Grammys is a close second. And I think we're going to allow... Get out to kind of maybe pick that one up, and I think it definitely will. It's it's absolutely sublime. It touches on so many things. Um, just one of my favourite scenes that is it's not a spoiler at all, but um, when he turns up to this white, well, to this party, and there's lots of white people around, and they say all these things that you you know, as a white viewer, and it's meant to make you wait, feel this way, you think well, I've done that probably, yeah, and. They just touch on so many subjects that um, is just amazing. And it is, I think it's going through as a comedy. It's a little bit more of a kind of thriller. There are obviously comedy elements to it. Um, it was the debut film of um, Jordan Peele. Um, and he absolutely blew it out the water. Knocked it out the park. One of these things. Uh, second is It. Uh, I do not watch horrors very often. Both of these are horrors, though, which is odd. Um, I went to the cinema to watch this. Uh, the reason being is because I remember watching 
it as a kid and I remember being in like year five and talking to friends that had seen it and I hadn't seen it yet and being scared and the first time you kind of talk to your friends about ghosts and things like that and it's always stayed as something uh, something quite important for me is you know it's a thing that sticks in your mind forever and Stephen King you know I love Stephen King didn't you go to Stephen King's house once? we kind of yeah we kind of stalked him a little bit but <laughs> That was my mum's doing. She loves Stephen King. Um, and Stand By Me is one of my favourite films ever. And I always find it weird that that's a Stephen King film because like, that's one of my favourite films I think ever. it was one of his short films. I, mean, uh, I suppose it is a little bit scary stories. In, a, in a strange way, but also... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so... You cut Stephen King down the middle, it bleeds children walking down a railway. I mean, totally <laughs> different, but also a bit the same. Have you watched Rob Hubel's new uh, YouTube series? No. It's like an American comedian. Um, he does these things with like a load of different celebrities. It's called Would You Like to See a Dead Body? Oh, yeah. Where yeah. have I heard that from? Uh, he was on If I Were You. If I Were You, that was and, it. And yeah. um, he's on it WTF too. It's really, really good. Is it? So it's, it's kind of Do like... Do look for a real dead body? It's... Uh, no, not a real it's dead body. It's scripted, isn't it? Yeah, it's all scripted. Yeah, yeah, and like yeah. there's actors playing like Dave... And like there's a different ending to each episode, but it's really funny. Okay. I mean, I love Rob people anyway. Okay, but, brilliant. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be one. Um, so those are my quick mentions. It was fantastic. I, I really loved it. I know a lot of people were like, oh, I love for the original, whatever. I, I, I mean, you, this was fantastic. You are holding a red balloon right now, so I suppose that I think tells everyone. Fantastic. <laughs> hey, Charlie. Um, that was a bad accent. What was that? You're like, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Um, no. So those are my two kind of. Other picks. Uh, my th- one and two, though, are one being the big sick, which is Kumal Nanjiani, uh, is plays the lead role, and him, and it's a true story based on him and his wife Emily. Um, it is fifty. Have you if you seen Fifty Fifty? Have you seen that? Your face says no. <laughs> I mean, oh, because it's when you said 50-50... Seth Rogen and... No, then. No. Because <laughs> I, what was happening in my brain right then was I've seen something called 50-50. Right. But there's no... I was thinking... You can't be talking show. about this. Like a ch- CCTV... C- like <laughs> oh, CBBC. I know Where it was like a blue school and a yellow school. And they yeah. like come down and play games. I was like, is he talking about that? <laughs> no, that explains the blank look on your face. <laughs> I was like... I can't say yes. And they'd be like, yeah. just a separate conversation. Like, fuck this. Yeah, I love 19 <laughs> TV kids shows. <laughs> It's in Jungle Run. <laughs> um, anyway. It's in the really wild show. <laughs> what was that Australian one? Where they like lived in a fucking lighthouse or something. Oh, the one where this... Have you ever, ever, ever felt, felt like, like this? this? <laughs> when strange <laughs> things happen. Are you going round the twist? twist? I think round the twist or something. Can we go back and nominate that for TV show? <laughs> <laughs> if only it came out this year. Um... No, what was I talking about, Tim? Uh, the Big Sick. So it's based on a true story. He meets this girl. She goes into a coma. It's about him kind of meeting her her parents and their it's whole about, relationship. It's about a girlfriend in a coma. Shut up. You would love this. <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's heartwarming. It's a really beautiful story. It's had amazing reviews. 
Um, please go and watch this, Tim. I will burn it to DVD. <laughs> Don't do that. I've not player. even got a DVD player. <laughs> you got a PS4. You're a liar. Oh. Anyway, my uh, other pick is... Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And this one is quite close to me because the company I work for put a bit of music to it. My friend is the music supervisor and she did a fantastic job. Uh, Sarah Giles, IMDB. She's on IMDB now. Um, And it is a Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, Have you seen The Lobster? I have seen lost, yeah, I like that. Good. Okay, he wrote, he did that. Okay, that was So, um, thank you. <laughs> and he's also done this one, and this is way darker than The Lobster. I think you would like it. I think you would also find it a bit stressful, but I, you know, I did. I, I thought it, it was a, if you like to go th- see a film and be stressed throughout it, then... I like a stress. Not stressed, but uncomfortable. No, I, I, this is, um... I think what one of the things that like I'm kind of I'm misunderstood, but like <laughs> no, like I like um, whether it's TV shows or films that like bring a human reaction out of me. So that's why I quite like horror films, even though like I won't watch many of them because it actually makes you feel something. It's why I oh, like you'll feel something, but like this. I, it's why I like like a a really well written like you know the like Francis Horror and things like that, like rom-coms or whatever you want to call them like it there's something very relatable and it makes you feel a certain way and a lot of things i just watch and i think oh god i don't feel anything towards this whatsoever just something that makes you, you feel it. really uncomfortable like that is much more up my street i can't what's that barbarian sound system is yeah that that's what i was thinking of but that's like, why i think you'd like but like it. i love that film because like it's so weird and you just don't know what's going on and I like, think with this, you you you'll finish the film and you'll think about it for the weekend. Yeah. And so like that stuff I like. It's the nice. really, it's the bland nonsense that you see all the time that puts me off all of this stuff because I just can't be bothered. Oh well, exactly. Um, so I think you know within the next year I definitely will, I'll try and get you a copy of this. Yeah. And uh, I think you would really enjoy it. Um. So the, yeah, that's kind of my main four, but main two. Um, Tim. Yeah, I'm, I am going to put forward a couple of. In fact, I mean, I've got three written down, but I'm probably going to cut it down to two. Okay. Um, and I'm going to do it really quickly because I don't have a huge amount to say about them all. Um, but first up, much. way back at the beginning of the year, it feels like forever ago. But T two Train Spotting, the Train Spotting sequel, came out, and uh, I only saw the original for the first time this year, but really loved it. Um, so I went straight in and watched the second. And it was great. It was kind of everything you wanted it to be. It was Same funny. Story. It was moving. It was um, intriguing. It was just pure entertainment. I bloody loved it. I could have literally walked out the cinema and walked in and watched it again. Yeah. Um, I, I only saw both this year as well. Yeah. Including the original. That was great. Um, Baby Driver, which we talked about very briefly on the podcast before. Yeah. The week that I'd seen it because... I think we were all just so overjoyed that I'd seen a film. film, (laughs) Um, Really, really good. And for music fans out there, like the way it's cut to music, I know you've seen it now, which you hadn't last time. Like uh, the opening sequence in particular is great, but you also, you're a little bit worried that it's going to turn into like some kind of horrible musical where it's like too cut to the music, but actually it kind of spans out into this really cool story. Um, I love the kind of the plot quirk where he's got tinnitus so he has to have 
the main character he has to have his headphones in all the time to kind of keep him sane. And it doesn't seem forced as well, just to make it musical. Yeah, and like it becomes very action filmy towards the end, but even then, it it never seems kind it does of it in a cool mad. Way, doesn't it, like Hot Fuzz gets actiony. Yeah, but it, it's it's of the certain ilk of that film, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and this does that as well. It yeah. doesn't become like a, a action film for the sake yeah. of it. I liked it. Transformers ain't coming into this fucking year. No, no exactly. Films. Uh, so that was good, and the last one I'm going to shout out is Okia, which was again another Netflix original, but um, co-written by John Ronson, who I've talked about again. John Ronson. John Ronson. John Ronson. I was raising a pig in Japan. Uh, I raised a pig in Japan. And, um, um, we I love... think I get his voice spot on, by the way. John Ronson. John Ronson. Um, no, you're a bit too southern with it, I think. He's more Manchester than you've got. John Ranson. <laughs> John Ranson. <laughs> but anyway, John Ranson co-wrote a film called Okia, which, um, as apologies to uh, vegan and vegetarian listeners, as a an outright meat eater, there's like I've been to see Morrissey play and what watched... <laughs> came out a vegan. <laughs> For, for half a day but like and watch Meet His Murder where he has it on huge screens everywhere mm. slaughterhouses and footage from that and it's absolutely traumatic and horrible cult leader and <laughs> maybe <laughs> but uh, Okia the message of Okia stuck with me a me lot too. longer it was really, really was. and it, it's um, it's filmed with so much heart It's and it's got really funny moments and it's got um, like Jake Gyllenhaal, his character—he's like a nature wacky guy, he? documentary presenter, and like he's hilarious in it. Um, and there's so many great actors, so much, and just so much to love about it. I think it's kind of um, and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say too much, but the the third act of the film, let's say, yeah. really quite gets you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's a certain ooh, yeah. moment when a certain thing Happens. is walking past a certain other thing. And I literally sobbed. Like, it. it's too much. It's amazing entertainment, but also, like, something with a really profound message. Um, yeah. So that was, that was definitely, across TV and film, the best thing I saw this year. Okay. You've made it difficult for me again. <laughs> Killing the Sacred Deal was going to be number one, um, in my opinion. Okja really was great, though. Um I mean, I'm going to give you the final say on this because... I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with a very similar thing as I did earlier in that, um, let's say, I can't give Killing of a Sacred Deer my number one because I had... I didn't even have a hand in it, um, to be fair. Your vested interest. But I, I have, yeah. You're a trump uh, of yourself. I'm a, I don't want to be anything like <laughs> that, so... I feel like uh, it's already won an award at Cannes, so let's give Okja this one plus I would like to give them a trophy with a big octa on it yeah or maybe we could have one so we could have a little octa that'd be cool because I haven't stopped thinking about octa I would I would love a big blubbery octa oh, god imagine that what Just a lovely guy big old massive Girl. pig that like got the bit where it like falls down the mountain even that made oh, me cry a little bit there were so many tents and it's like we talk about these films is yes one was uncomfortable really got you going and Whatever, but Okja had similar um, 
outcomes to the to these scenes and it's you know a, yeah. about a lovable kind of pig and also Dane I can't remember his name Dane something who plays the Bowers <laughs> no <laughs> um he usually plays creepy guys in everything he does but he actually plays the kind of savior oh yeah yeah um the kind of king of all vegans yeah and uh I think he was really good I think um, everyone was great. They were. And there's so many really twists. Good. Apart from it. that guy, really annoyed me because he wouldn't eat anything. No, yeah. And he's like, "I'm really weak." And he's like, "Have a carrot." Yeah. He's like, "Do you know the pesticides?" <laughs> Fucking eat a carrot. Yeah. I'm a level nine vegan. I won't eat anything that did cast a shadow. Oh, yeah. He was annoying. Did but anyway, it was a great film. In. So here is again a very abstract connection to Okia. <laughs> Here's some music. <laughs> Each night before you go to bed. And so we come on to our final award of tonight. Obviously two more to go, but sixth, and I would say the biggest of the night yes. um, for us as a music podcast. We're going back to the world of music after going into light entertainment, uh, and we're going to talk about who has delivered the best live set of the year. And obviously there is a slight caveat that is the best live set that we've witnessed. <laughs> but still, um, interesting. I would say, you know, let's go. This is the best live set of any musician in the world ever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. So I guess these things are always personal in that, um, you know, when you get these top 20s and 50s out, there's always kind of somebody behind there that brings in their personal elements to why they make these decisions. Of course. That's the point. Like, you want other people's yeah. opinions. Um, so, Radiohead being my kind of first pick um, is down... I don't know if it was the best performance they've ever done. I don't know if it's the best performance anyone's ever seen this year. But for me, it was seeing a band that have kind of... They've opened my eyes to them as a band and them to their, to their music. You've which, really gone into a Radiohead thing this yeah, year. Yeah, and I've been putting them off for so many years and I just haven't found an interest in them. I got yeah. into Tom York's side project before I got into uh, Radiohead. And the new album I'm getting into more now than I ever did last year, which could have been in my list if I had actually given it a chance <laughs> properly. Um, but they really outdone it for me and like they were one of the best things I'd ever seen. Um, so that that's why they're going to be one of my nominations, and they didn't really have to think about it. And either. we're talking about their Glastonbury set, by the, the way. The Glastonbury set, of course, yeah. Um, uh, second nomination is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Um, there was, I think, sometime this year. I can't even remember when. It's all been a blur, Tim. I mean, they've had a um, quiet year, haven't they? Yeah, they haven't really done much. <laughs> only the only the nine albums and uh, a thousand tours. Oh, they did do all of that, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, just another sweaty show, another big long let's exhaust ourselves to the point of maybe the sweatiest show we've ever been to 
Oh, 100%. There's a great picture of us in the immediate aftermath of it. And we look like uh, newts, is what I think of us. That's disgusting. We do look like... You say newts? Yeah. We also look like mutants. Like, imagine... Because there's a green light on our face, too. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. We look like something from... Futurama, but like the real yeah. life version. Terrifying with real it. life. Um, yeah, I think that show was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and Concord too. It's 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 uh, somewhere I kind of go to a lot less than um, than I used to. Yep, and it's nice to get back there every now and then. So, full show number two. Right, cool, you'll go. So my first nomination, just as you have, and I, th- you know. I'm not going to make any apologies for it whatsoever. I think anyone who goes to Glastonbury any year, one of your best sets of the year is going to be a Glastonbury set. Um, And on Friday night of Glastonbury, I went to West Holtz and I was solo and I watched Kate Tempest. Um, And as I've said it many times on the podcast before, so I'm not really going to go into too much detail. it um, It was kind of a set that changed everything for me I've never seen anything like it and I probably will never see anything that felt as important ever again it was um, not only one of my best sets of this year but one of the best things I've ever ever seen it just blew my mind I couldn't quite believe what I was watching um, and I think I'm still reeling from it now all these months later um, can't really put into words what it felt like but it's still on the iPlayer I think so go and watch it if you um, if you haven't yet because it's it's just so poignant. I thought it, they all took them, that stuff off the iPlayer. No, I don't know. Maybe it's not on the iPlayer. <laughs> <I'm saying laughs> it's still made on out. there. So. It's probably still on the iPlayer. It's all still on there. Yeah. Um, but like, it just felt it just felt so important. It just felt like a moment in time yeah, to be at. Um, and my, my second suggestion is going to be the complete other end of the spectrum. Um, this year I saw, I think, uh, I think probably the best set I've ever seen from like a newcomer like a proper newcomer Amazing. who's got like I'm so sorry I just thought you were going to go charlatans no that was good too though great escape charlatans me yeah. down at the front I've never seen you so excited I mean I was because we went to a tiny little venue in Brighton and we watched the charlatans and I'd completely forgotten about that yeah but that was that was brilliant yeah. like everyone knows how much I love the charlatans should we give that a little third spot yeah that's in the nominations too cool. it's in the long list <laughs> um but I wanted to go the two opposite end of the spectrum um okay and like often when you hear like a new artist who's got like a few songs out um, and you're like a fan of them you go to a gig and you're just like a little bit intrigued and you think you listen to it and you're like oh that was yeah that was pretty good like that's generally like the extent of the reaction you get Um, but like a month maybe six weeks ago I went to the Hope and Ruin in Brighton to see uh, Nilufa Yanya Mm. and just blew me away like completely I really regret not going actually I've yeah. listened to her a lot since you brought her up she's an incredible incredible artist and like I can't like I love her recorded music and I, I listen to it all the time but I think so much of when I'm listening to it is also the memory of seeing her live she's just an amazing performer like so talented and so different and so unique that voice is something else as well it's just when you don't know where it comes from it's so effortless like um there's something there's there there's a i don't even know there's a texture to her voice which hits you unlike 
any other yeah. kind of, especially with, in terms of new artists. Yeah. It's something like, you know, when you hear, uh, not Kane's Jang, uh, King Cruel, and you think, oh, that yeah. deep voice, that nice blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is like saying, oh, she's got, you know, a similar aesthetic in terms of that it's a, a different kind of yeah. voice. And I don't exactly know what kind of uh, adjectives yeah, exactly. to, to use. It's, it's for amazing. It, but... And she's just her own thing. She yeah. gets up there and she, you know, I suppose any performer, they can look completely effortless and look like they don't care, but I'm sure there are nerves there, but she just, yeah, she just felt like she was bossing it and like, just on another level. I've never, I've never been so impressed by someone that I went just thinking, I hope this is normally when I'm that impressed by something, I've gone in with huge expectations. Whereas I just thought, this is going to be quite good. Like I like her music and I, yeah, I think the best set by a newcomer I've maybe ever seen too. So they were two huge, huge um, performances for me this year. Nice one. But. But. Big um, Big old but. As people who have listened to this podcast for a long time will know, there was only ever going to be one winner for live set of the year. And it was, um, I don't know about you, Harry, but have you ever got so emotional at a gig? Never in my life. Never, ever, ever in my life. So, what was it, July? It was after Glastonbury, wasn't it? The week after. July. July, yeah. June or July. Anyway. Somewhere in the middle of the summer, we headed to North London Alexandra Palace. Bunch of lads. Ali well. Pally, all the lads. We, we don't <laughs> we, do that. We've but... gone and got tanked at Beaver Town Brewery. <laughs> yeah. And it then was we, a bloody lovely day out. Yeah. And then we rocked up at Ali Pally to um Yeah, to say the saddest of goodbyes to a band that uh will define our youth and our music taste more than any other will ever do for us because we'll yeah. never be 17 again. Um, You're not 19 forever. Exactly. Probably the Maccabees played their last ever set on that Saturday and we were there to witness it. And yeah. it was just... A, what, an, what an amazing night. The, the company was perfect. The place was perfect. Um, I think just the other day I was listening to them on my way to the station and I thought... There has never been, and there I don't think will ever be a a band that means so yeah. much to me personally and on an emotional level as the Maccabees ever will. And it's, you know, sometimes I'll talk about my favorite band to other people, and you know they won't get it, and I understand that they won't get it. Yeah. But for me, for so so many reasons, they are the most important thing that has ever happened to me in the musical world. Yeah. And they always will be. Like I say, that you know, there might even there there might be bands. Hopefully, there will be bands that we'll listen to and think, God, they're they're the best band ever. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll live to see a band who just takes it to another level, like we've never seen before, and we can't believe what we're listening to. But we will never be teenagers again. Uh, first, getting into that kind of music, and first falling in love with a band who's from our hometown and who we get to go and see on a very regular basis. And we get to follow their trajectory as they become one of the biggest bands in the country and one of the most important bands of their generation. Mm. Um, there will never be another Maccabees, and we've we've covered all this on the podcast, but um, that night was just something else. I, you know, Special it, for many reasons. Yeah, so. and like, just the way I... 
I can almost like, when I think about it, I can like feel the kind of burning in my lungs as I just kind of sang out every word to every song as hard as I could, knowing I would Maybe never passed out. Mate. Yeah, <laughs> but like never knowing you'd never sing along to it live again. And it didn't even hit me until about yeah. three days ago, and I was singing a little bit to myself at the train station. I was yeah. like, "Holy shit, I'm never going to sing that again." Yeah. yeah, but it was so. It was such Long. an amazing night. It yeah. was such an amazing night, and um, it would be mental for us not to have this. Yeah, yeah. They were. It's a non-contest. Uh, the Maccabees at Ali Pali, their final ever night was without a doubt the live set of the year and sadly it's maybe the last the first and last ever tracks awards they will ever win yes I'm just going to do a best ever thing of the year ever best ever thing ever (laughs) (laughs) band of the century god we got to be doing this for quite a few years (laughs) oh I'll be old okay so cool that brings to a close uh, tracks Awards 2017 episode number one. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I think it might have been a long one. I think it's a long one. I think I think people are settling in for a long ride yeah. this December. It's the it's the cold months. You want something yeah. nice to listen to, nice and yeah. long. Next two weeks are the big ones, so be sure to tune back in. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for being here this week. We love you. We do indeedy. I've been Tim. I've been Harry. This has been Tracks, and we're going to leave you with the one and only. See you next week. Bye-bye.